0: <laughs> Sorry, Brandon, <laughs> to subject you to this. <laughs> Our podcast sucks.
1: <laughs>
0: this segment of DoD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild podcast. We are powered by... Venison, oh. and deer cast. Uh, there you go. We eat a lot of deer meat. You're Matt Drury. You're Tim Chelswick. And we got a special guest, Brandon Jennings, who is a consistent big buck killer on the Drury Outdoors team. We'll get to him in just a minute. He's uh, going to share with us what he's doing over the summertime, how he always seems to put down some big deer, and he's getting his family in and the he, uh he, in tends, the he
0: tends to get on them early, too, so that's what I like. I always remember back to like the first... One of the first kills he got on video for us, it was a 170 171, something like that. Flyer buck and cool over the shoulder shot. Brick Stewart filming him, so he's always on him early. And that's I'm dying to know how,
1: <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about electric fences and how to protect your food plot because Brandon is in the midst of that right now. Turns out I'm very interested in this <laughs> me conversation, too. me
0: too. <laughs> so You've been doing a lot of work on a uh, piece of property and trying to get a kind of a hidey hole food plot in.
1: Yeah, and it's already it's already showing that that the deer are coming. And I think like I heard Ted Nugent say this one time, just like deer are interested even when you break up ground, like when you turn the dirt over. Somehow they get interest. I don't know if it's exposing minerals that they wouldn't normally be able to get to.
0: Just like your mother in law, they're nosy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? My- <laughs> it's all mother in laws. Okay. Just I'm across the for board, the collective mother in law. <laughs> So, yeah, this plot, uh, it's uh, in fact, this, uh, it's August 11th right now while we're filming this, but this Friday I'm going out to disc and seed it. So, its it's been perfect. It's been set up and the deer are showing up. I put out some analogics wide out and already like the first camera this the first card poll had bucks on it it wasn't
0: that one was one's, really nice one's got a gut on yeah him. um yeah.
1: I, I don't I think that's a, pain. <laughs> i don't think that's the safe buck he must be that married. Was watching last year yeah he's definitely married probably has kids yeah although i bet he's a deadbeat dad it seems like all bucks yeah. tend to be yeah yeah deadbeat they just lose them like, yeah love them and leave them <laughs> um but yeah it, it's exciting to see what's on there and it is always like Summer summer picks are summer picks. Yeah. But man, it's it's exciting to finally see some deer. that
0: one sixty is actually about a one twenty once they lose <laughs>
1: Velvet. Like, yes. I don't know how many years that's happened to me. Uh, like he's a giant. Oh you'd think by now we would f- learn, but no. <laughs> we're eternal optimists. Yeah. Yeah. So what's new on your piece of property? Well,
0: Scott and I went up there, uh like as you said, as we're filming this, we went up there last Saturday and uh it, you know, so the gamble this time of year, you're always wanting you're everybody's watching that forecast. Like I'm yeah. Dialed into Deercast because I got the 10 day. Obviously, I got the you elite. Got elite. I got an Elite. Somehow I managed an Elite. Ball. I actually did pay for it. <laughs> Me too. Believe it or not, <laughs> I, did I actually did pay for an Elite <laughs> subscription uh, just so I could see how the subscription process works. But I am a paying Deercast cus- cus- deer customer. Yep. So, anyways, I'm looking at the 10 day because the way that we've broke down that the hourly forecast, you really do get a good handle on cloud cover and then, and then the rain events that are coming. Sure. And so as I look at that 10 day, it gives you that wide view of, okay, just going across the landscape hour by hour, there's a little blips, the blue blips of rain coming. Mm -hmm. And basically then I go back into the daily forecast and see what my percentages of chance of precipitation are. So as I start getting to 40 to 50%, that's when I'm like, all right, this is a serious chance because I, I we all know that the weather's changing every day every hour and if it's hot like it has been like yesterday it was supposed to be 97 here and i mean just really really humid well we had a huge rain event push through because of that And you just get these pop-up showers mm-hmm. so i'm always rechecking that deer cast forecast to kind of see it, it's always changing obviously yeah. so anyways i was looking out of the 10 day we had a we weren't supposed to have a very good chance Originally, we were supposed to have like a 50% chance. Mm -hmm. So we dialed in on Saturday because Sunday, I think Saturday night and Sunday was this chance of rain. And then it went down to like 30. And I'm like, so this is the gamble as a, you know, as a food plot person, you're trying to figure out, is it worth it or is it not worth it? And
1: August is historically a dry month.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could plant this thing and not get rain for three weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a real likelihood. So a lot of guys that I know planted that first weekend of August because there was a huge rain event. Well shit, it was like five inches of rain came through for a lot of people. Like it was almost Too much rain, you know, if you just got your seeds in and, you know, kind of make this thick layer of that or that kind of thick layer of crust where the mud, you know, once it dries out Mm -hmm. where they can't push up through there. So I missed that first weekend. That was the story we told where I had asked dad if I should plant. He said, no. And then he planted. So I missed that period. So now I'm like laser focused. (laughs) Like, you
1: gotta right. look out for yourself here.
0: <laughs> Nobody's looking out for me. <laughs> I am on my own. So yep. the, the forecast, I just basically said, screw it. We're putting it in. I think we're going to get a rain event. The gamble is if it's like a 10th, tenth, 2 tenths, it, it's going to give you enough to maybe germinate. <sighs> It'll come start. up and then boom, mm-hmm. you got 90 degree, 97, 98. It's just going to burn it out. So I got lucky. We got an almost two inches of rain that next day. And then temperatures haven't been horrible it's kind of been hit or miss it's kind of yeah. going up and down right now but we had another rain event yesterday you know it's so like good. it's been good I, I feel pretty solid about it and we you know we put that delta ag seed coat on everything so mm-hmm. i i was not too worried if we didn't get an immediate rain i had a little bit of time that, that you know that i felt like we could you know survive here if yeah. we didn't get rain for 10, 10 days two weeks but mm-hmm. we did so moral of the story i think we should be in good shape we planted biologic radish is. It's, I, I need to remeasure it because I thought, I thought it was a little over an acre, but I've, I don't know. I've, I've got conflicting measurements here on whether or not it is or isn't, but sure, it, it, it's a good food plot. We, we use that RTP uh three foot groundbreaker. Mm-hmm. I've never used that before. I have used the five foot before um with RTP that came in and, and and planted and kind of showed me how to use it, but that's yeah. been a couple years back. So this year we borrowed the three foot because that was the thing, like, I was always dependent on somebody else to plant mm-hmm. for me because I don't have the equipment. Yeah. So this year I said, screw it. They make a three foot with a wheel kit on it. I, I They were gracious enough to let me borrow it. It's close. Their headquarters is close to my house. Mm-hmm. So stop by there on the trailer, put it on, took it out there. And if you pull up behind your side by side. So I got a tracker 800. We just, we, we dissed, then we coltipack, we seeded, and then we pack again, and we'll see the how we do. The time
1: lapse of that is crazy because it goes from just a grassy field yeah. to a fully planted field. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet.
0: So we, we just need deer to show up. I, I got plenty of deer. I need bucks to show
1: up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ton of those. It's all about the bucks. Yeah, so i have long-winded as
0: always. Which we should probably move on to the next thing and get get our guest in before uh, before we go too
1: much further. Let's uh, let's hit our shout outs real quick. We've got uh, a, a historical shout out. Oh, historical. Here. Okay. You
0: go. If, if it's historical, you're the important guy. Thank yeah, let's you. Let's
1: go. We have a female listener. Oh, that is historical. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> Imagine that. So Kelly Leastman Thornton, uh, she's part of the 100% Wild podcast crew over on Facebook. She said, I was just listening to your June 23rd podcast. I'm a new follower. When talking about social media influencers, especially the female influencers, I agree. They do the sport no favors. Ooh. Occasionally, my, Shot hus-
0: across the bow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I will watch for Love or Love. If these girls were not posting all the bikini photos, they would not have had the followers they do. I have an Instagram account, but show target practice, equipment, etc. I'm not there for followers, but to share with friends and family. If others choose to follow me, that's great. If I may be able to help a fellow female archer feel comfortable as a hunter, even better.
0: Oh, good for her. That's great. I'm going to have to start wearing a uh, bikini, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking so good right now. You're so fit. Maybe you should be wearing the bikini.
1: I Who says I'm not right now?
0: <laughs> Usually you just don't have a shirt on. <laughs> yeah. And look,
1: how, look what it's done for your followers. I mean, heck. Going backwards. Another couple hundred <laughs> followers there in the past six months. Those numbers, hey, by the time I'm 18, this will be calling you any day. <laughs> Can't wait. Wouldn't that be great if you were a contestant on, for love or likes? It's 2021. I mean, why heck. not?
0: You're amongst all these chicks. It's just all these chicks in the team. <clears throat> They're like, we noticed that you go shirtless
1: on your Instagram account all the time. Uh, is it for love or likes? Tim? <laughs> We've got one major Adam's apple in the gang here. <laughs> Who does it belong to? <laughs>
0: Uh, whew, pictures pictures this. All right. So uh, the next one is from Jlims1. Great podcast. Um, he left this over on Apple Podcasts. This is a great podcast with amazing guests. Good balance of serious subjects with amazing information and great laughs.
1: That's what she said. And let's be clear. We can't always get amazing guests. Sometimes we just get regular
0: guests sometimes it's just us and that's where it really Ooh. falls off the rails
1: <laughs> it's where the fart sounds come out <laughs> yes it's mostly we're featuring a lot the of sh- soundboard a lot of
0: shenanigans mm-hmm. do we have that sound bite on here yet shenanigans
1: ah uh, i think i think so maybe mm-hmm. give it a scan there all uh, we'll, right you keep talking <laughs> uh, so so we're gonna introduce brandon brandon jennings brandon how long have you been on the jury outdoors team sir
2: i think this is my ninth season holy heck Huge, <laughs> he,
0: he is. So, Brandon, Brandon, it's, it's your path to Drury Outdoors. It's uh, the team guys. It's always interesting to see how they kind of broke into the team. And with you, you you were on a trip and were on the same plane or in the same place as Brand as Brick Stewart,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. We actually met on the airplane on the way over there. He was watching Drury videos right across the aisle from me on the plane. He so, brings so, you <laughs> like peeking across he, he said he tells me he didn't know if I was going to beat him up for being a non-hunter or if i was really interested in the hunting. afterwards but we actually ended up at the same resort hung out the whole week made some hunting plans together and then just all kind of came about whenever uh larry finally retired Brick brought me on with him so
0: no looking just back,
2: back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nothing uh no skill or nothing like that. And all that people ask me a question all the time. Like, how did you get started? <laughs> well, <laughs> just pure, pure luck. A chance plane L- ride.
0: Little did you know how much it would drain your bank account, <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> how costly it really would be. That right. <laughs> Thanks brick for
1: nothing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it almost sounds romantic the way that all started. Yeah. yeah. Nice job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the bromance in the making, right? That's right. Yeah. So
0: ever since then, you've really hit the ground running that first year, isn't that the first year wasn't that the one where i was talking about the hunt where it was over the shoulder you killed the booner that yeah, was your first was my kill. first
2: day first day ever filming for jury outdoors Whoa. yeah they shot a 171 over the shoulder yeah
0: september the 15th what video was that on
2: it was on the first episode of 13 ever and then it was on one of the dvds i can't remember which dvd it was actually on i think
0: dream season or white it might have been white madness because it was an early season hunt like that but yeah. it, it it was such a cool video because you just kind of follow the path of that arrow the deer is coming out he was coming out from the timber to this edge of this food plot and uh it just it's everything's so green The deer is mm-hmm. you know huge obviously and brandon and you know had it dialed in on his on his uh trail camera pictures leading into it right out of the gate here, here he comes. So that always amazes me because I've never really had any, I've never had any success in the early season like that because once that bachelor group breaks up and they lose their velvet, like my deer seem to disappear. And I know this is the case for a lot of people when they're kind of refiguring out where they're going and, and, and kind of their new travel paths and, but you're always dialed in on them early season. So I wanted to start there and kind of get what's what are the tricks or tips that you utilize to try to stay honed in on them once they change their patterns like that in the early season?
2: Yeah, we kill more deer in September than we kill any other month of the year. It's my favorite month, you know, September and then late November, early December. I think the rut's the most overrated time in the whole whitetail calendar, in my opinion. But when they start to lose velvet, like you said, I watch them all summer and Low intrusion is the biggest key to this whole thing. You bump that deer one time the whole thing's over with. So we're watching cameras. We're checking them midday only when we got the wind correct. And we're following the deer around. And if you can get them on a pattern, you know, they'll stay on that pattern. We've been super deadly in that first four or five days of the season in Missouri, which is the 15th to the 20th. And then it seems like, again, we catch another really good pattern like 28 through the thirtieth. like we've killed three or four bucks in the last few years and that would a window as well but it's all about staying on top of them with the cameras and not bumping these deer out you know we're just doing using historical data knowing where these deer are like to bed you know from years prior flooding them with cameras you know honing in on that one deer and once you find them just stay out until the time is perfect and then we're we're going in and we have great success you know everybody freaks out about the heat in the summer, you know, in those early season hunts. If you'll go to any bean field in the middle of August right now, it's a hundred degrees during the middle of the day. You'll see them deer out there feeding in the daylight every night. You can go by them fields and see them. The heat bothers the hunters way more than it bothers the deer. So in my opinion, I think a lot of people are just bumping these deer out of these and they're not, you know, so that's taking them off of that daylight pattern. Hmm. is where everybody's hurting themselves. They're going in some people like during the summertime, I see it all the time. People feel like they need to be on their farm all the time doing something. Like I bought all my stuff up into like two or three days and we go in there and we work and then we're out of there. You know, the 10, 15 days before the season starts, we're not in there. We got the snow cams doing a lot of the heavy lifting for us at that point. You know, if we have a rain event coming, I'll run in, I'll check all the, just the regular reconnaissance cameras. but keeping that low intrusion and keeping them bucks on their feet in the daylight, I think is the key to our success.
1: Now for early season hunts, are you focusing in on evenings or will you throw some morning hunts in there too?
2: Oh, never hunt the mornings. No, we never hunt. I, I don't hunt mornings except for maybe late October through the middle of November period. I think that you end up educating more deer and it ends up being counterproductive in the long run. (laughs) Cause you know, they're out on those fields in the mornings we're coming in we're scaring them off. Like there's only a certain window. I hunt super low intrusion. I mean, and mornings work good for some people. I'm not knocking. This is just my, my technique. On things, Cause I don't like to hunt in the mornings and educate my deer. So, yeah. We do strictly evening hunts and we're super low intrusive. I always hunt the food plots. I never even go into my timber until late October through those first two weeks in November. And then I'm back out of it again. Like I won't go in there anymore. And it just keeps my deer on their feet walking in the daylight a lot because they don't ever see me coming or going.
0: Tim felt personally attacked through that last part, not hunting morning, <laughs> early season.
1: Killed a few in the mornings, <laughs> Yeah, but it depends on like where you're hunting. If, if like the spot that, that I have is like a corridor back to a bedroom. And I think that's the only reason why I see him in there early on in like early season in the morning. <laughs> there's just a tiny little window around seven, 730 that you see deer moving through there.
2: And that works on certain farms too. You know, it kind of goes back to the DNA of your farm. My farm's not set up for me to do anything like that. You know, it's all ag fields and our access is through those ag fields into our hunting spots. So we would have to blow our farms up to even get in to hunt a morning situation.
1: Sure. So what else is part of your, and you said that you focus on like low intrusion, getting a bunch of work done in a short amount of time. What other principles are you following for early, for your early season hunts?
2: Uh, Mossy Oak biologic deer radishes. That'd be my biggest tip to anybody. You want to kill something early. I plant that in all my best spots, all the spots where I know I have shooters. The Mossy Oak biologic deer radishes go in, like they're so deadly early they keep their palatability up through the year and then they'll get on the bulbs late. So we do that a lot. And I think a lot of times people tend to overplant If that's the thing, I like could put too much food on their farms. You know, you, the whole purpose of a food plot is to put all the deer into one spot right in front of you. Well, if you've got several food plots in an area where that target buck can go here, 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 then you can't really pin him down to the one location you're wanting to do. So I, kind of break my farms down into sections and you know just through historic trail cameras i'll know that certain bucks will hang out here i never get pictures of them over here and these will hang out over here i never get pictures of them off of these so I'll break that farm down into sections and i'll plant clover radishes turnips and grain in those sections and i'll have them spread out you know the clover and the radishes are great early They'll get back on the bulbs and the radishes late, but the turnips, they won't touch the turnips until a frost. That's when the sugars break down, they'll get more palatable. So that's essentially a late season food plot I got that I don't have to worry about my bucks separating off of my early season plots mm-hmm. to get onto. So if I'm planting two plots close to each other, one will be radishes and one will be turnips. And A lot of times I'll, even if it's a really big food plot, I'll plant the 40, 50 yards closest to me in radishes and then I'll plant the rest of the plot into turnips that way if they come out i don't have to watch that buck feed at 80 yards all night and i don't get a shot so so i'll bring him into the radishes and you know we hunt out of all blinds on elevated blind towers so if they start using the turnips more than the radishes we pick up our tower you know one of us will get on each side of it carry it in, set it down and we'll start hunting the turnips. So we just keep ourselves mobile that way.
1: Now, if, if you're trying to kill a deer on September 15th, how long are you giving those radishes to like, like, when are you planting them in hopes that they'll be ready for a deer to come get them?
2: Well, similar to what Matt was saying, I'm, I watched the forecast. I started watching that forecast from July 25th through the middle of August. And I'm trying to look for that best, not only one day of chance of rain, I'm looking for you know, a chance where we got three or four chances during a week mm-hmm. to catch some rain showers. And then I'm diving in, like we just planted 11 food plots this past weekend. And that storm that came through yesterday, we caught an inch of sh- like one and one tenth inches of rain off of it or something. So it worked out perfect
0: how many acres are you talking when you talk 11 food plots like how many acres of food plots are you putting in because i just think of the one we put in and it took us all damn day <laughs> i mean i granted i was yeah. using a three-foot implement but like it took us a long time to put one in yeah
2: yeah Well, i have a 420 acre lease and i have a 355 acre lease and i have 16 food plots across the two farms and uh the 11 food plots was on the 355 acre lease but it's It's not like, it is contiguous, but it's not. It's kind of broke up into sections and it's got little parts to go to the next big piece and little parts to go to the next big piece. So it sets out really, it sets out over probably closer to like 800, 900 acres the way it's spread out so we can get more food on it in that regard. But yeah, we, we put all those plots in and got them. Yeah, fencing started. I had to charge the solar units. I'm going to go take the solar units down today and get all the solar units. They'll start germinating really soon.
1: Yeah. And that's something you and I were talking about, Matt, and just, just in terms of like, we both got high deer density, lots of does around and you don't want your, you don't want a bare dirt patch by the time September 15 comes. And like, how do you keep the deer out of there? Last
0: year, the the same plot I'm talking about, it looked like my back, it looked better than my backyard. It looked mowed all year Mm -hmm. long. Like they just never let it, there was no tonnage that came up that Nothing came up. It would yeah. just look like a yard all year long. Not good. And no, they, they kept using it. They kept mm-hmm. hitting it, but you know, it's not what my expectations yeah. of planting radishes that there would have been the year before it looked great. It was fantastic. And you know, the deer were hammering it all year. Mm-hmm. So to your point, it's like, all right, what are we going to have to do to fix this problem? And Mark suggested probably needing to do the, the, um, fence, the hot wire and, I was looking at you and Justin Lurk, you guys share that lease together and you had some posts about putting those, you know, the fence up, uh, over the weekend. So I was just curious if you could dive into some more of the specifics. You talked a little bit about it off camera here, but dive into it for our audience, what exactly you're doing, where you're finding this stuff at. And I'm listening for a friend. Taking notes. (laughs) That's right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We, we have the same problem. Like deer density is a huge issue on our lease. Like that one lease you're talking about, I share with Justin is archery only. So keeping up with the does is a monstrous task. You know, we shot, we had to bring friends in. I think we shot almost 25 does off of it last year and it didn't touch them. You know, we were going in and our food plots had started to turn into dirt patches. So the fences are a necessity. That's the only way we're going to have food. So as far as where to find the stuff, you know, I was finding the local farm at home, but I actually found it on Amazon a lot cheaper. Getting those solar charging units on there. Uh, you can pick up the rolls of, I use half inch tape on mine, and we're running them rolls of half inch tape. So we're doing two rows on the outside, one row on the inside with about a four foot gap in between the two, and one whole roll around each side. So three rolls of tape per food plot. And I mean, I just hope this year that it changes things for us. I know I've seen, pictures of everybody from years past that have done it, you know, and you'll see outside the plots, they'll be this tall and inside mm-hmm. their cages, you know, and you've actually got a real food plot. Uh, that'll be huge for us in the late season or in even the early season to start, if we can actually maintain a food plot, because the deer are so bad on that farm. The farmer farms almost 90 acres and there's not a left on it. The deer made them all.
0: Mm. Well, that's so kind of the problem I'm having for us
2: to have food, that's our only chance.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the problem yeah. I'm having. The yeah. farmer totally switched what he's like, he just quit planting food up top because the deer just hammered it down to yeah. nothing. And obviously, then all that does is put even more pressure on the food plots.
1: Yeah, so you the only food around
0: now. Yeah. So yeah. um, when do you then go back through and take, so like in my case, I got radishes planted. I want them for that September 15th or early season. When do you go back in and take the tape off?
2: I figured we'll go back in about 10 days prior and take the tape off and get Not only is that going to give the deer time to start using them, but that's going to give me time to figure out who's using them and where, you know, so we kind of get a game plan as far as, you know, who we're going to target and who's daylight and so on and so forth. Well, how, how about...
0: Uh, uh, hold on one second. We One of our alarms on our um, server rooms
1: is going off. Hold on a second. Scott's going to have Joe okay. take take care. It's the battery back up on his oh. workstation.
0: Can we unplug it all together?
2: It goes
1: off. Okay. Sorry about that. Brandon, talk about general kind of retail prices on like the solar unit, the tape, just kind of the accessories it takes for someone to get started.
2: Between you know the solar unit that we found on Amazon ends up being about one hundred and ten dollars for the solar unit, and then the rolls of tape are twenty to twenty five dollars a roll, hmm. and then you're going to need eight T posts because you're going to need a T post at every corner for both sets of rows. So eight T posts, and then you'll need a little fiberglass step in post. You'll need one of them about every 10 yards or every 30 foot. So what we figured out is it takes about 38 of those step in fiberglass posts, eight T posts, the solar unit. And then you got to buy a little $6 deal that goes from the solar unit to the fence to charge the fence. Mm -hmm. You got to buy a ground rod. And then you essentially just take a roll of, uh, just little wire and you'll go around one row of your fence down to the bottom row of your fence and then take it across to the inside row. And that'll charge your whole fence from the charger. Just Hmm. basic wire. Just go from there to there to there to charge your fence. And other than that, the only thing you're going to need is T post clips. They sell them in packs of 25, they're like $10 and you take, wrap them around your T post. And that's what your wire is going to hang on to keep your wire from touching the metal T post and drowning it out we figure we have about $400 of fence in them by the time it's all said and done. It sounds like a it, it's a monumental cost in the beginning, but they're only going to be out for a couple of months. So they will stay in good shape. You'll be able to use them for years to come. So it's a big upfront cost for long-term gain. Mm-hmm. So
0: you saying 400 per plot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is, I mean, Kramer was saying he spent, you know, $1,500 or so on his. And so, I mean, that, that would be in, line with what he's saying too.
1: Yeah. And then you start thinking about the savings in terms of like, you, you'll actually have a plot all the time and money that you put into putting the plot in, it'll be there when you want it to be there.
2: Oh, I mean that you think about long-term savings, think about how much it costs to put a food plot in by the time you're buying, you know, hundred dollars worth of seed, hundred dollars worth of <laughs> fertilizer, your lime, your time, you know, time is of the essence to me. Like that's the biggest thing I lose when I go out there and do all this. And you go out there and you do all that year after year after year and they eat them to the ground. And you have nothing to hunt over. Like it's worth the one-time investment to me to, to actually make all that stuff, that other stuff actually work.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah. I mean, the whole point of doing it is so you can hunt over it. And if there's nothing there, it's, you just wasted all of the time, resources, <laughs> money, putting it in. So why not protect it? I, I, I missed it. When, when did you say that you go in and take the tape off?
2: I'll go in and take it off probably 10 days prior. Okay. And that'll also depend on, hopefully we've got enough rain to where the plots are up. You know, I'm basically going to be looking at the food plots, seeing when they can start handling browse pressure, you know, but I'd say at a, at the latest, I want to do it about 10 days. Just like I said, so that way I can go in and have 10 days to figure out where my, where my target buck wants to be during the daylight.
0: So when you're putting them out, you're putting them out when you plant then. (laughs)
2: Absolutely, yeah. son, of a, son of a gun. We're already <laughs> late. At farts, <laughs> but as long as you haven't germinated, you'll be fine. You know, you go in there and. Uh... <laughs> Poor
1: Scott.
0: <laughs> Scott, you don't know it, but I just, I just put your name out here on the
1: soundboard. We're filming before a live studio audience.
2: <laughs> All right. I think it. I think another trick. That we use that helps us a lot with our early season hunting and our our hunting in general is those pop up blinds on towers. Hmm. I I think it gets overlooked so much. I know if people enjoy hunting from trees and I get it. You know, you have some of your naturals. I won't hunt from a blind. Whatever. I mean, that's good for you. I get <laughs> what works for you. But you go out there and you set a, bunch on a tree. Hey, I mean, if you're sitting in a tree, I don't care what tree you're setting in. You're giving up one direction for your deer to come from. there's no way around it. You know, it's either blowing into the woods or it's blowing into your food plot. You don't have a safe route. We put our blinds out in the fields with the food plot in front of us and staring at the bedding cover. You know, we've got 40 acres of open ag field behind us and we're blowing our wind out across the ag field and letting the deer walk out to us. So, like I said, if you bump that deer one time, it's over, you know, and (laughs) Uh, even, that's-
0: even if you have, so like I think of our scenario there at the staging plot, we had one tree in a fence row that we hung in. It wasn't a big tree, but you know, it was, that's where we first started hanging. <clears throat> we hung in this tree. We always felt like this is a good little staging area that they go to. And we always had great hunts, but I could never kill anything out of it because- they were on top of you. First of all, they're as they're walking up the hill, they're looking Mm -hmm. at you you're silhouetted. There's nothing behind you. I mean, so even I would love to hunt out of trees every time, but as soon as we moved that box blind up there, literally right next to the tree, we saw at least, 10 times more deer mm-hmm. and we started having actual chances of shooting yeah. bucks. You know, it was the difference of it's not like we're moving or getting busted. It just your thermals, your there's so many other things that happen, you know, or can happen mm-hmm. and it just really helps improve your odds, man. I yeah. mean, that's, that's just the bottom line of it. I'd love to hunt out of a tree every time, but my success has been way better out of a box blind. I don't think it makes you a crappy hunter. I think it it's a reality of, you can't control what the wind does with mm-hmm. your scent, yeah. even if you practice the best oh. scent control.
2: And you're maximizing your opportunities. You know, I know on TV, you know, the crew in there, they edited out to make it look like we see giant deer every time we go sit, you know, and I'll have 40 or 50 sits in between kills, you know, and we still, yeah. we kill seven or eight a year, you know, that, it, but you have a lot of days in there and you're trying to maximize, you know, four or five, six opportunities out of the whole season. And, you know, you just don't want to leave one of them opportunities to chance like that. I just feel like our odds are better, better out of the blinds doing it the way we do it.
1: Man, did you guys see Chris Comstock's little trick that he shared in the Facebook group? He texted it to me because he knows.
0: So he was, uh, bought a, uh, soft side three hundred and sixty blind and <clears throat> we, we use them as well. And they're great blinds. It's a, it's not really a cloth. I don't know. It's like a It's almost like a sleeping bag type of material. Mm -hmm. I don't know what our quilt. It's quilted. Quilt Mm -hmm. type of material. And it's really, I mean, it really is nice in the late season. Like it keeps you, it keeps you pretty warm in there, but it's a zipper windows. So it's just material. And then you can unzip the windows and, and open them up. So then Chris found that he was getting busted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you go from kind of a a contiguous blind during the off season. But then when you open up the windows, you got these big black shapes that are now and he was finding that they were spooking his deer yeah so he took some black fabric spray paint and spray painted the windows you know the camo facing the outside the external facing uh, material painted it black so that you know if you look at it they just it looks like the black shapes of the window so when he unzips them it's the same form factor the deer are used to see in all year as that blind sits out there pretty, smart. pretty it was brilliant it really it's was though like, why didn't <laughs> people need, money needs to start yeah. doing that I I replied to him
0: <laughs> in the text that they sent me. I said, "Gump, you're a GD <laughs> yes, genius! Yes. <laughs> like I never would have thought of that." We
1: need to get that post up on DeerCast because yeah. it's 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 a super cheap little hack that could save people. Yeah, and he found deer.
0: specific like qu- quilt type. Uh, cloth type of spray paint. It wasn't just black spray paint. Cause that's what Scott and I were talking to like, oh, and just go get some black spray paint. I was like, Oh, I use a special. I don't know if it matters or not, but uh, he went on Amazon or something and found a special mm-hmm. material, a special spray paint for yeah. that type of material. Yeah. So great idea.
2: That's something I've done. In, that's something I've done in the past too. The, the hay bale blinds, Yep, you could turn the windows, turn the window coverings the other way. And I'll leave them black yeah. Oh, you're instead of using the actual side, mm. that's the same color as the blind. I just so that, pop- that way they're used to that.
1: Yeah. That's smart. I just popped up a muddy VS 360 on that little plot that I built. And I might, because I don't want a bunch, you know, I want, don't want crap getting in there. It's sitting right now with the front blinds open, like it'll be when I hunt it. But I may just flip the uh, the windows around because yeah. they're black. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. See,
2: this podcast
1: does make a difference (laughs) for some.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We leave all of our blinds wide open all year, all our pop-up blinds. But I'll tell you, putting them on that tower, and, you know, we're only putting them five, six foot off the ground tops. But with them deer being able to see underneath that, it's amazing the difference it makes. Like, they don't even stare at a blind. But Everybody's popped up a ground blind before, and I don't care if you spent two hours brushing it in right on the ground. They're going to stare right through them black holes in that.
1: Right that blind and freak out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> if you have yeah. But if you get that thing, if you get that thing up in the air where they can see underneath it, we get away with murdering them, even out in the fields. Literally. We'll move them, <laughs> them the next, the same night of, yeah, literally get away with it. But we'll move them the same night as a hunt. You know, I, Parker killed one, I think it was two years ago now. And this buck had kept coming out up the food plot from us. So we picked it up, took it up 40 yards and killed him that night. Like they don't hmm. pay attention to it If you can see underneath it, I don't know what sense it makes. Maybe it looks more like a tree in that regard where, you know, a tree is a trunk and then it foliage is out of the top, you know, and they can see underneath it. Whereas a ground blind, I guess when it's staring right in their face, it's just blocking their view. I don't know, but for whatever reason, we get away with everything just by elevating them blinds, you know, five, six foot.
1: Huh? There you have it making room for activities.
0: When you said you were moving them like you and a guy would move the the towers I'm like god dang like these things are heavy but 5 Strong boys. 5 foot 1 is more manageable like I and a pop up blind I I get it now Yeah I was thinking like
2: okay. Oh yeah No with our muddy bulls I've I build my muddy bulls I build it on skids so we can at the end of several hunts we've brought the truck in and they hooked up to them and drug them yeah
0: we we definitely did for this year we changed all ours over to skids that way we can move them around Mm -hmm. on that new lease it's a big ag kind of probably similar to your setup where it's just gigantic field Mm -hmm. and it's like all right i have a feeling once we figure this farm out we're going to want to move these blinds so let's just make it to where it's easier to move them yeah now on those do you do you go through and uh attach them to the ground somehow Could, could you know for wind reasons or
2: some and some I don't. Yeah. Like I've gotten away from her here recently because i move them so often that it just doesn't benefit me. And I haven't, and I wish I had some wood close by to knock on, but I haven't had any <laughs> blow yeah. over lately, but I did have a tornado roll through uh, my new lease and, uh, knocked over a bunch of my pop-up blind platforms, but I haven't had any problem with like the muddy bull towers yet, but okay. you know, that's, I've even had those if the right storm comes through, even a T post, you know, drove in beside all the legs, ain't gonna hold it, you know. So
0: Yeah. Well, that's what concerns me because they're so expensive. It's like, all right, I don't want, you know, some high winds coming through and then all of a sudden I've come come to the farm and three busted blinds and you know, that's yeah, a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah.
2: Earth anchors would be the trick, but there's such a pain to move in and out, you know, all the time spinning the earth anchors in and out. So it's a trade-off whether you take the time to do that or not. Usually during hunting season, we don't get those storms like that during season too often. You Only know? late
0: so, seasons when you really got to worry about it. It seems yeah. like to me where you get some really high gusts, you know, some winter storms rolling through mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's either like early, early season, maybe like tornadoes, that mm-hmm. type of stuff are really late season with a big, you know, storm event coming like, you know, snow and sleet and yeah. that kind of thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. And see, and Matt, I don't build mine as tall as a lot of people do either. So that I don't helps. like them being an eight foot, 10 foot in the air. I, I think it, it cuts down your shot angles, especially out of the front <laughs> horizontal windows. Yeah. And it's really bad in a pop-up blind. If you get a pop-up blind, eight foot in the air, 10 foot in the air, you're losing the first 10 yards of your field or, you know, or you'd have to move a lot and get funny angles to get your shots. So that's so why we build them lower to the ground. And it, it really maximizes our shot angles out of the blinds.
1: Mm, that makes sense. I am. I'm getting so excited for season. How excited? I, like on a it's scale, really on excited. a scale of one to ten, table. Like uh, <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. Like a nine point eight. <laughs> <laughs> He's giggling. It, well, brand we, before Brandon hopped on here, we were talking about him um, and his career at underground rapping $200 is $200 can't I mean can't argue with that (laughs) thank you John that was John Adele okay yeah I I always wondered (laughs) yep who said that (laughs) also very much like Brandon (laughs) (laughs) so so Brandon what what are we missing here I, I know that you you have a manuscript on early season success what are some of the big pieces that we still need to cover
2: I mean, if I could just drill anything in anybody's head, it'd be the intrusion thing. I mean, that's my 100% like people are at their farms too much.
0: Can you talk to my landowner?
2: (laughs) You have an ambulance going through your property here recently? Yeah,
0: we just had an ambulance go through our property.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's something
1: that
0: happens to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, there's a easement that goes through it. And uh, there's an older couple that lives at the end of the easement and and they n- luckily nothing bad you know no broken hips. There was a fall I think and and so an ambulance came through. but here's the kicker. The volunteer fire department also came through and a young man and two cohorts uh, totaled their truck on the first turn into the property hit a tree what? yeah. Yeah, so the the landowner was telling us this stuff and and Aaron and I were like what? Cuz there's a we got a um uh, it's just a little there's not a gate there, but he's got a chain there <clears throat> and it's uh, you know, it's not locked so that this older couple, I mean I think they're in their 80s can get in and out easily enough or if then it, literally we thought this through of uh, if an ambulance had to come back there we didn't want a gate or anything like that and so anyways uh <laughs> the guy that owns it he's like I- i'm amazed because at first we didn't know it was the volunteer fire department we had just heard the grapevine that through this older couple because he went in and checked on them like the next day make sure yeah. they're okay and they're like yeah k- kid totaled his truck you know on the first turn there and and doug doug's like we literally had the 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 chain down for one minute and somebody
2: <laughs> came through
0: and trespassed and totaled their wow. truck. It's like they were waiting. Well, it was the volunteer fire department. Luckily, nobody was hurt in that instance. But yeah, so that, that was right at prime time. You know, we got Great. all these cell cameras yeah. like facing the road so we know who's
1: coming and going. And He's got some <laughs> traffic through there. We're like,
2: holy cow.
1: Is that considered intrusion?
2: <laughs> that is intrusion. I'll tell you the craziest intrusion I've ever seen. I was in a tree stand. We had about 40 deer on the field. Prime time. Everything's going great, and we see a Remax hot air balloon like way up in the air. You and, filmed that? And it you? Must, yeah, yeah, we filmed it. It must have. It must have seen all the deer on the field, and they dropped down to treetop level on Jeez. top of our field. To look How at you guys deer. doing down there? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I think this hunt is over.
1: <laughs> Are they hit <hitting> the <laughs> propane.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's great. Yeah. You, your, yours beats mine. At least mine wasn't in season yet, but we know that that something's going to happen right at prime time. Cause Aaron's monitoring the cell. He's got some cell cameras out. I got, he's got them on the road. I got them on the plots and he's like, I guarantee you it's every night right at last light, this older couple drives back to their property. I go, what do you think they're doing every day that they're driving at this time? He said, he goes, he thinks they're just out for an afternoon stroll, making out. And then they want to get back (laughs) before it gets dark. Well, unfortunately for us, that's right when the deer are going to be in front of us on these food plots. So this farm has a lot of potential, but there's definitely that aspect of it. You know, I think on another podcast, I talked about turkey season when you were on another podcast, we were this podcast, another episode, (laughs) excuse me, nobody's inviting me on another podcast. (laughs) Mark's the one that gets to go on working class bow hunter podcast, the best podcast (laughs) around. uh, Apparently we're posting about it under outdoors i sent Tim a message we're getting way off track i'm like we never even get they never even post about our podcast on our pages it's a secret it's a secret no so, one can know about so it kurt if you're listening i know he listens from time to time mark you're the favorite
1: me and tim are redheaded stepchildren mm-hmm. yep. back here I'm the kid living in the attic <laughs> they slide a plate of food to every now and again yeah. So anyways, sitting there. We don't care though. (laughs) No big deal.
0: (laughs) Doesn't hurt our feelings. So we're sitting there at turkey season and here comes a car. He comes, parks behind us in the, in the woods where this road goes. And he starts, he just, he's going to cut some wood. Chop some wood. Yeah. No permission to be there. (laughs) Just going to chop some wood. wood. Yeah. Had his daughter, his three-year-old with him. (laughs) So it's just a nice like day out you on the can't farm. make this up so i know once hunting season comes we're gonna have issues i'm sure we'll talk about it on the podcast i'm sure it's gonna screw us at some point but mm-hmm. it's got a lot of potential Make otherwise. for a great story yeah well
2: <laughs> <laughs> sounds, <laughs> like my, sounds like my sounds like my lease in the city limits matt like potential everywhere and Man, the people around there, they act like they own it. You know, yeah. I didn't see any no trespassing signs. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you get it confused with your three hundred and fifty five acres that you own back here? Yeah. Like they think they are just it, they live in the city, they're allowed to walk all over that. I don't know. I they it's think it's amazing. They're hot,
1: but it you know what? They're not.
2: Thank you.
1: <laughs> we finish each other's sentences. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say sandwiches, so I'm mm, glad. That'd you'd... be weird. <laughs> Donuts, maybe. I can't I can't finish this thing. <laughs> well, let me have it. <laughs> <laughs> One Coke, two straws. <laughs> How about we move on to the question? How about today? it? Please. <laughs> Anytime you'd like to. Oh, oh that's my turn. Okay. <laughs> Jeez.
0: First time. All right. The question of the day is proudly brought to you by Victory Archery, the Carbon Arrow experts.
1: Hey, guys. Just wanted to start off by saying I love the podcast. Oh, you guys thank you. are awesome. I enjoy listening and hearing the information talked about on the show. My question is having to do with food plots. So this time of year, we would usually plant our food plots in northern Missouri around the middle of August in, in and around a rain event. This year, because of time, we are only able to make it up on August 7th for planting, and that's a little earlier than normal. And if there's no rain, I was wondering if that would ruin our chances and ruin our plots. Should we wait till September when our schedules open back up? Or should we just plant and see what happens? Looking for any advice. Thanks in advance. Well, that's Nathan, by the way, from Missouri. I Thanks feel bad because as we answer this, we're weeks yeah, past.
2: As it's August yeah. as as it's 7th. Day, is August 7th planting day. Closer
0: days. to September. So we're gonna answer this for next year
1: for we, you. Well, we should <laughs> say if people if you need help in real time, don't don't reach out to us. Like if you're <laughs> if you've injured yourself and you're gonna try to leave us a, a, a message. For us to come help you it's going to be probably two three four weeks the
0: reality we it. of it is if you have a question that's urgent you need to ask it months in advance mm-hmm. <laughs> we plan. have so many questions that plan day. ahead <laughs> we're pretty important yeah so here's what i would say delta ag seed coat would be your best friend in that instance, and buy you some time. Buy you some time. And buy you some time. <laughs> it will, though. And, and it could be literally last year, it bought me like two or three weeks mm-hmm. uh, where it had no rain. It was supposed to rain. It didn't. We planted, and then it was like two or three weeks till we got a rain, and it did germinate, and it came up. I mean, the, at that time, then the deer hammered it, so it kind of screwed us, but that was the rain. It wasn't the fact that it wouldn't have grown at all if it wouldn't have been for that seed coat. Sure. And that's something Mark and Terry kind of drilled into my head years ago it's like you got to use
1: this it's it's a simple step it really is you just you just dump the the powder in with your seed and mix it up and you're you're good i bought like a gallon bucket of
0: it probably three years ago now granted we're not planting a ton of food plots and it's lasted us you know this long and Mm -hmm. you just mix it in with seed before you go to plant it and yeah bada boom
2: yeah brandon what say you Oh, I'm I'm with Matt on that. I would never wait until September. Uh if it was me, like I said, I would use the Delta X seed coat. I'd get it in the ground when you could. I mean, and with this timing getting in August 7th, we just got huge rain events coming through North Missouri. So I don't think we have to worry about apologizing to him. But uh if you get it in and it doesn't come up at that point, turnips are great to plant way late in the season. A lot of farmers use turnips as a cover crop after they harvest their fields. So you can plant them later into the season. So, if you take your swing and you miss all the rain events and your pots don't come up, that would be a secondary option for that September window he's talking about that they have, where he could really throw some turnips in, or even just throw in some wheat or some rye or something like that. You know, get a tetraploid rye, don't get a cereal rye. A tetraploid rye is really way more palatable. I learned that from Bobby Culberson down at Terra. Mm. They use tetraploid rye everywhere, and the deer love it. What so about those oats? are some options you could have.
0: Huh? What about oats? Is that, that's something that's kind of a fail safe in the, you know,
2: yeah, the, yeah. end
0: of September type of stuff. Then it's ready for October 1st, right?
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oats, like any kind of the grasses. Yeah. That's those. And and turnips would be my uh, option. Uh, they're always my fail safes. And a lot of times turnips, they're such a small seed and I've grown turnips in my driveway before where you drop them. I've seen them grow in the cracks, mm. you know, when they cut the lines in your concrete, in your driveway. Mm they'll grow in there they'll grow anywhere so you can actually go over and overseed your plots with turnips late if you have patches in your food plots that didn't grow or if you just had a whole food plot that didn't grow just go overseed them real quick before a rain event and <laughs> you'll get some ground cover with them
1: you know a lot of guys right now are at home thinking i got a driveway plot i could can- <laughs> Put in this fall.
2: <laughs> I was actually talking about my
0: backyard. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: where I've where I've spilled seed out of the truck, or when I've cleaned the drill out at the end of the year, you go up there and they'll be growing everywhere in the rocks. Like it's amazing how a turnip will grow any, anywhere.
1: The amazing turnip. Hmm. 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 Let's have some more amazingness with this week's wildlife word. Hmm. It's brought to you by Hunter Specialties. Ooh building purpose-driven tools for serious hunters. Okay, this is another multiple choice. It's all about illnesses. This whitetail disease causes hemorrhaging of the heart, lungs, blood vessels. It causes dental pad erosion, tongue ulcers, and bloody nasal discharge. Apologies to anyone who's trying to eat right now. Is it A, chronic wasting disease, B, spontaneous dental hydroplosion, C, epizootic hemorrhagic disease or D.
0: <laughs> Continue. <laughs> That's pretty crappy when you laugh this hard at your own jokes. <laughs> D, <I'm> plumped <laughs> D. Plumpkin syndrome.
1: (laughs) Look at this guy. I'm really funny and I make myself laugh a lot. You're not a doucher. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, let's hear. Hold on. Here's what I really think. You want to punch me right now, but (laughs) you saved me. I could. Pumpkins. (laughs) Pumpkins. <laughs> I mean, it
0: was not that funny. Nope.
1: <laughs>
0: You're crying over it though. So. Yeah, I cry easily. So as you were typing this, were you crying this giggling, hard? G- like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get them good. <laughs> These shenanigans. <laughs>
1: Speaking of getting people, if folks aren't in the hundred percent wild podcast crew page, there's a, a fun behind the scenes prankster video that we posted yesterday. Yeah, Tim.
0: Yesterday. Okay, so it'll give you some insight as to how Tim's Smart. humor is. He thinks Good. he's funny, but he oh, is it was not funny. Oh man, I thought- like Plumpkin syndrome. <laughs> See. Uh, you're laughing. No. no laughing at got you. At, not oh, with. It's different. It? <laughs> yeah, he got me good. He changed my teleprompter on Burgundy style. He put some exclamation points in there.
1: <laughs> or question marks every forget which. Yeah, you go watch it. It's uh it's, it's worth a watch. Yes. Okay, so the white tail disease causing hemorrhaging of the heart, lungs, blood vessels, dental pet erosion, all that stuff. Is it chronic wasting disease, spontaneous dental hydroplosion, epizootic hemorrhagic disease, or plumpkin syndrome? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alan's just shaking.
2: <laughs> if you're asking me, I would think it would be EHD, you know, episodic hemorrhage disease. But. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was going to go with C as well. Yep, you boys are right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> While we're at it, <laughs> why not? Yep, this is the time of year where EHD starts to become-
2: <laughs>
0: Sorry, Brandon, (laughs) to subject you to this. (laughs) Our podcast sucks.
1: (laughs) Trying to be serious about EHT. Tim literally crying. Yeah, yeah, you know, this time of year people are concerned about their deer dying <laughs> and hard farts. <laughs> that's,
0: that's labeled. Uh, sorry. <clears throat> sorry, Dad.
2: <laughs> uh, it, anywho. I think, ugh, I think that you had to label the different types of farts is the funniest thing to me. Oh yeah. There's a trumpet butt fart,
0: <laughs> there's an oil slick fart, catastrophic fart. <laughs> Uh, all kind of, I got diarrhea. There's all kinds in
1: here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I took a lot of pride in naming those fart sound effects, yeah. too. But y'all say that. No, <laughs> I won't anymore. We're done talking about farts. It's 100% serious from here on out. All right. So, EHD. <clears throat> it causes all those terrible things to happen to deer.
0: Yeah. So this is the time of year where it basically starts to pop back up. Actually, I just saw Dave Kramer posted about the fact that he had, uh, you know, found a back of bones basically <laughs> next to his pond and he was worried about ehd but he got like an inch of rain or some two inches rain or something like that so he's hoping it saves him for you know the the remainder here of the uh, of the the summer so yeah like, literally that's that's how crazy hd is and it happens all the time where a guy not even in the same county you know, where a guy next door is like, "No, oh, I didn't. It didn't really affect me at all." And then you go a mile or two, and it's like, "Man, I got devastated by it." Well, these pop up storms that happen and roll through in August because of this humidity and heat, mm-hmm. like it literally can save your butt, save your farm, and save your deer herd. Or if you miss that rain, not only is it screwing you from a food plot standpoint, but it really does put a hurting on the on the deer herd. So it's it's unfortunate because it takes years to come back from.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where also like you're taking your summer trip. Travel- Cam pictures with a grain of salt because until you get to deer, and even during deer season, people like are still experiencing deer dying during season with EHD. So it's not until you get that first hard frost that you yeah. can kind of put that to bed for the for yeah. the year.
2: Yep. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, you talk about how pocketed how pocketed those the storms can be. Yesterday, my my one lease is about 30 miles south of me, got 1.1. My house, I got seven tenths and the farm about halfway in between us got one tenth. So you just look at how different it can be. And that's why, you know, it's so pocketed. EHD will pop up and just destroy certain areas and other areas won't have it. But starting to hear reports out of central (laughs) Iowa about finding a lot of dead deer right now. So like it's always that deer hunters worst nightmare. (laughs)
0: That, that's a good point. If, you, if you're if you starting to hear of EHD popping up around you, we'd love to hear about it in the show comments. So whether you're listening on on your favorite platform or you're in YouTube or DeerCast, leave us some comments below and let us know if you're hearing of EHD outbreaks starting to happen and kind of generally speaking, where at? Because this time of year, we always like to try to keep tabs on it and see if it's popping up. So.
1: Yep, 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 yep.
0: All right. Okay. Well, we finished strong there. We got a little off track. We mm-hmm. ruined Brandon's day, but we came with the heat
1: today. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did. Brandon, thanks so much <laughs> for the uh, the tactical tips, man. I, 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 that's stuff that people can actually do and and hopefully it gets them starting their season strong, maybe punching a tag earlier than they thought they could.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you know, Matt, we did that video. It's on YouTube about how to build in blind towers. That's I get comments all the time. People hit me up in the DMs all the time asking me further questions on that. So a lot of people are seeing that. And like, so if you're wondering how we're building the towers, that's a good place to go check it out. It's on the jury YouTube page.
0: Yep. So if you go to the jury outdoors YouTube page and just in the search feature, if you type in probably Brandon Jennings, I would think, and and maybe even blinds, I would think it would filter it out uh, and, and pop populate it. So yeah, it's a good video. It literally goes, it's a how to video. I mean, it takes you through every step and dimensions and all that stuff. So sweet. All right, well, Brandon, good luck in the early season. I know you're heading out to uh, Alberta with Wade uh, to hunt with Corey Jarvis at Three Rivers Adventures. So good luck on that as well. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Yeah, <laughs> he's the best. Canada and,
2: didn't get Canada didn't get hunted last year. You know, it should be really, really good up there this year. It
0: really should. And and Corey's one of the best out there, so mm-hmm. I guarantee you he's gonna have uh, he's gonna be honed in on, on a good group for you to go hunt. So cool. All right, man. Look forward to having you on the podcast again. Maybe we'll get a catch up with you after Alberta and, uh, good luck this season. All
2: right. Thanks for having me on. I'll do it anytime, fellas. All
1: right. All right Thank you. All and right. Everyone. Thanks for watching at home. If you haven't yet upgrade your deer cast, cause season's about to start. It's the easiest thing you can do That's what she said. to have success <laughs> in your season. All right. Until next time. See ya. Peace out. The results are in. DeerCast said it was supposed to be a great night.
0: Well, here you go. DeerCast said great. It doesn't exist anywhere else but in DeerCast. Hunters love DeerCast's exclusive deer movement forecast. Get out of your game with DeerCast.